you know, if you go into a GP surgery as a locum, you know, you're paid an hourly rate um, and you work really hard, but you don't have to go and stand on the street and drum up those patients to come in. They just come in and you do your job. You do a really great job at looking after whoever comes in in front of you. So today we talk about entrepreneurialism from the perspective of a parent. So what really does it take to build a business from scratch when you're balancing childcare and everything else in between? And what benefits could come of it, especially when you are still in clinical practice? So in order to address this question, I invited Dr. Joe Watkins, who is a mother of four kids, um, to discuss exactly why you should become or consider entrepreneurialism. I personally believe every doctor and every person should develop that as a really essential skill. But before we get into that, don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list at medicfootprints.org forward slash join our mission. You will get all the latest career opportunities through us and also my weekly insights and tips from I get from basically my entire network. I'm learning things all the time and I love it, even more than all the learning that I've done as a doctor. So check it out. Anyway, on to this episode. So let's get real. Our value as doctors has significantly diminished over the last decade. So how can we turn that around by upskilling and creating rewarding and impactful careers on our own terms. Welcome to Disrupting Doctors' Careers. I'm your host, Dr. Abena Bubbers-Jones, and I'm on a mission to connect one million talented doctors with the best in diverse career opportunities. So welcome to today's episode where we talk about the world of business and the world of motherhood at the same time. <laughs> So, um, as you know, I am a mother of two young, young kids at the moment, age one and two, and running a business at the same time is a huge challenge, but it comes with its benefits. And I know a huge number of doctors who are mothers or parents, I should say, who are turning to entrepreneurialism as a way to develop a, and I'm going to put in quotations, flexible lifestyle or autonomous lifestyle I should say where they take control of their own careers and they get to spend more time with their family and doing things that they love and so to discuss this particular topic on building a business as a doctor mumpreneur or parentpreneur um, I would love to introduce to you Dr Joey Watkins who is a business coach mentor uh, for medics doing things differently she's a freelance GP she's a coach she's a mama of Quattro, four <laughs> children, which is really, really impressive. She lives by the beach. She swims in her spare time. She's great. So who else? Who else was I going to pick for this? So welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Abina. It's great to be here. <laughs> awesome. It's wonderful to have you. Like we were saying, actually, before this started, how, you know, we've been interacting on LinkedIn as LinkedIn buddies for a while but obviously, that you know, I, I love it when we actually can have a conversation beyond the LinkedIn DMs and comments. Uh, and this is a real pleasure. But like, let's get started. So I want to hear more about you as an because you're obviously a business coach, you're an entrepreneur, you're a doctor, all of these things. So why in general 
have you observed that doctor let's let's, let's say mothers in particular because i know there's a, there's a community of mothers are turning to entrepreneurialism well thanks thanks for having me first of all it's great to it's great to connect with you like you say after all these years and i do remember quite some time ago coming across you um and thinking wow she's got it she's got it dialed she's got all these people in her world that are doing amazing things one day i'd like to be doing amazing things like that as well so it's great to actually be in a room with you so thanks for having me um i am seeing it you know as you say we are seeing it more and more and more when i first started in business, I had two young children, three and one. So this was quite a long time ago because yeah. my oldest is now 16. So about 13 years ago, when I started doing running my own business for the for the first time, having had two sort of slightly, slightly uh, tenuous attempts that I didn't really know what I was doing um, in Botox and acupuncture before my first business, which was making granola, at that time. I don't think I came across any other medic in my life who was wanting to do something different from what they were doing. Now, I don't know if that was just the time period of my life I was in with young children and all of my contemporaries. You know, most of us had just started partnerships or maybe a couple of years into GP partnerships. You know, at that time where you're sort of bedding down almost the beginnings of your family, that's how it felt for all of us and I didn't really come across that many other people that were that were interested in building a business or that were had any interest in entrepreneurship whereas now uh, it feels like round every corner there is somebody with a brilliant idea with a brilliant concept with something that they're running alongside their clinical work um and pe- or maybe that's because people are coming and asking me but it just feels like as medics maybe there's been a sort of rebirth of creativity or a rebirth of opportunity that has led to us all thinking, do you know what, actually, I can do something alongside my clinical work, or there is an opportunity here for me to do something different. And maybe with social media, with us all being a bit more connected since and during the pandemic in the online world, maybe seeing other people doing things is inspiring other doctors and other mums to go into this other world of entrepreneurship. If you're finding it hard to break into industry or you're simply looking to build up your commercial knowledge, well, listen up. This month in November 2023, we are running a great commercial readiness course for doctors. So this isn't just a course. We will be covering essential commercial topics made simple, We will be nurturing a community of like-minded doctors just like you. And in attending this course, you will have access to paid industry opportunities through us. So if that is something that you are excited about and going, hell yeah, then go over to medicfootprints.org forward slash commercial. That's medicfootprints.org forward slash commercial. I was going to ask you, actually, because going back to when you first started Botox and acupuncture and like, what was it that motivated you to do that? I mean, you're a doctor. Yeah. Like, why look at doing other things in the first place? Well, for me, I think when I applied for medical school, um, essentially, my chemistry teacher literally fell to the floor laughing when I told him that I was going to try and get into medical school. 
And that was the encouragement That's that like I needed. Not nice. <laughs> yeah, that was the encouragement I needed to do it. And retrospectively, I kind of went into this journey into medicine because somebody told me that I wasn't going to be able to do it. And I am just determined and pick Oh, uh, you wanted to prove a point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was definitely a point to be proved. And then unfortunately, right. I didn't get the A-levels that I needed. So I had to, and he gave me my results. So I had to go and do it all over again. So there was a bit of a point to be proved. And I was really determined to 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 get in. And I had a sort of very medical background. So it was a sort of expected of me. But very quickly after getting into medical school, I was pretty sure that it wasn't necessarily going to be something I was going to do forever. But my family particularly my dad, who was a, a big influence on my decisions at that time, he said, look, just get, you know, do the degree, give yourself that opportunity to do medicine and all that it can bring with you, friendship, travel, opportunities, all these things. And then, you know, you can go off and you can go into business or you could go and train and do other things after you've done your medical career. So that was always in the back of my mind that I wanted to potentially do something else. But as with so many of us, I did my house jobs, absolutely loved that, went off to Australia, did a couple of years traveling, came back and then found myself, I did my own GP training scheme and did my own jobs all over the country. But I found myself thinking, well, what am I, you know, what what am I going to do? And I did a bit of pediatrics and I got on a rotation for that, but that didn't feel like the right fit. So I decided to sort of bring all the experiences together by doing my GP training did that year in general practice and it was towards the end of that year I was like well what can I do with this Um, and that's when I started looking around so acupuncture was the first course I ever did and I did try and do that within my surgery when I was locuming not really as a proper business but I just started trying to do it to people and I wanted to create a an opportunity to run a business in the in the in the practice but I, I still didn't really realize that this was about business I just thought it was about being interested in other things it was only when I was a I was a partner I'd accepted a part-time partnership I'd um started redoing the practice website because I decided that's what I wanted to do because they didn't have you know I wanted people to have access to help and links and all the stuff they needed and one of my partners said to me after I'd revamped the website she said you're quite entrepreneurial aren't you and I didn't really know what she meant by that. Mm. Even. I had no idea. Um, and that and that was really the beginning of me sort of thinking, well, maybe, you know, maybe I am and maybe there are other things. So in a way, I was looking for the thing that that was going to sort of feed the curiosity and the the, the spark that was inside me. And, I, and it's taken me a long time to find that thing. Uh-huh. And I've done lots of different things along the uh-huh, way. Uh-huh. I think for me, it's been a really organic journey into entrepreneurship. It's not sure. that I came up with an idea and I was like, I've got to follow this idea. It's that I've tried lots of different ideas and I've spent a lot of time thinking about what it is about each of those ideas that hasn't quite worked out or hasn't. Uh-huh. Quite worked. Mm. And all of that has now brought, you know, brought been brought together with what I'm doing for other doctors um and actually every single one of those little experiences has has given me a sort of a chapter in the book almost to be able to relate to when I'm speaking to other doctors so it's all been needed for my own growth but it's only really now that I feel like I'm doing what I was kind of put on the planet to do Mm, what were you put on the planet to do 
Yeah. What is it? What well, is it? Well, I was put on the planet to to facilitate and encourage right. and be a bit of a catalyst for people to be doing what they need to do. So, you know, so many people have a burning passion and a desire or a a real wish to do something, but they don't necessarily have the confidence and courage to do it. So I feel like I'm I'm now holding people's hands, encouraging, cheerleading, ass kicking, you know, just being there as somebody in the background to keep sort of pushing and edging people along to be able to create something that they want to create mm. when they maybe don't have the confidence to do that themselves. I mean, I, I think I think that's a really important point that a lot of entrepreneurs, let alone parent entrepreneurs, mother entrepreneurs, they do need that support, that permission, that, as you said, kick up the ass and ongoing accountability to actually go and yeah see their vision come to light because you know that business entrepreneurialism is a marathon it can be a huge well it is generally a huge slog and what drives you is the slog obviously it's it's the vision it's the north star it's what you can achieve and also from a personal perspective it's the learnings that go with it so you think you think about all the exams and courses and sign-offs and all of that stuff like we are all kind of as doctors um educational addicts in that sense because that's all we know yeah and I find I personally find with business that just never stops it never ever ever stops there's always learnings and pretty much everything I do and because I always look back myself as to why am I still doing this with medic footprint it's been 10 years next year that's a long time for, for me who I get bored quite easily and the reality is like there are so many challenges I still feel like I need to overcome but also looking at the north star of making sure there's at least over a million doctors who have easy seamless access to alternative careers and diverse careers that is my north star for now that you know that I'm sure will change in the future um but yeah I would say like what would you say to like doctors who are on the fence particularly those who are who have a family maybe in the early stages or later stages and they've got medicine on the side like what are the real benefits of actually starting a business considering you know like you're literally stretched like you know you, you started your first business when your kids were three and one what were your motivating factors for that and mm. in, in the sense that you've got these you've got a lot on your plate already so why yeah. why should parents be considering entrepreneurialism there's no there's no straight answer to this I think I some people see this as a way out of medicine and and I would I would really stress the fact that actually running your own business entrepreneurship is really tough it's not an easy option it's not a kind of quick fix you know people are now sort of coming into this world saying oh well I've just got this idea for a course and it's going to be you know passive income and I'm going to get this and I'm going to get that and it just doesn't work like that like there is nothing harder than you know steering your own ship being your own motivator um you know only if it doesn't get done by you, it's not going to get done by anybody else. You know, it's it's not an easy road, but is it is it incredibly fulfilling and incredibly exciting? Yes, it is, absolutely. But are there times when you think, do you know what, I just want to get to the end of the to-do list because there is no end of the to-do list with, with business. There is always something to do. There's always something to learn, as you say. 
But what it does, I think it reignites a creative spark that during our long um, box ticking journey of um, education, which basically starts when we're in primary school, obviously we then go through GCSEs, A-levels, medical school, tick boxing, foundation year, then whatever you choose to do, always waiting for somebody to tell you that you're ready to go to the next stage and the next uh-huh. stage and the next stage. We lose our creative spark. We, we all we we all do. And there are so many incredibly talented medics out there, artists, musicians, writers. I've just been I've just organized a retreat um, with 50 medics and healthcare professionals. And we did art. We did you know, we wrote, we did we journaled, we did music. It was just unbelievable. But pretty much everybody was like, my God, it was just amazing to have the opportunity to do that stuff because we haven't done it for so long. So I think business offers us all the opportunity to kind of relight that creative spark in us. And I think if you can find something that you're super passionate about and that really means something to you and you can reignite something inside you that maybe is missing, then you can, and and you can, put your boundaries in place to mean that that can run along, alongside your family, which is definitely a difficult thing. We can talk about that a little bit, but uh-huh. I think boundaries and family life is challenging. You know, you can do that alongside your clinical work. And for me, my clinical work, I've suddenly started enjoying in a very different way now that I've uh-huh. got my creative, my creative boxes are ticked in a way. And actually I come to, I come to obviously I work very differently. I'm I'm doing locum shifts. I'm not a partner anymore. I'm doing you know a minimal amount of clinical work, but I'm still doing it, and I still actually really enjoy it now. Yeah, no, I I think I think it's great that you have found your balance. I think that's the most important thing, and and as you've described, it does take time. So just thinking about some of the so for for those who are going to jump off the deep into the deep end and start something like what would you caution when it comes to some of the challenges that you face especially raising a family medicine and business like what would you say are the main challenges that maybe you faced or that you would caution other people against the biggest challenge that I have had and that I continue to have is is boundaries and self-care and managing my time because I I find that I'm I have to grab pockets of time to run my business so I'm 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 getting up earlier in the morning I've had many many late nights when the kids have gone to bed obviously when the children were little it's sort of snatching those bits of time while they're having naps in the daytime um, I I find switching off quite difficult, particularly when everything's coming in on your phone. And I, you know, I I I'm I'm very mindful of it, and I think I'm controlling it. And then sometimes one of the kids will pull me up or say, you know, actually, mum, you know, it's about being present, isn't it? And not just not just there, but actually being present while you're there. And I, you know, I have to put my hand up and say that I'm quite often distracted. Just one more thing, one more thing, one more email, one more conversation, one more voice note. Um, So I think that's the hardest thing. 
But the reality is you have to put work into your business. It's not about saying, okay, I'm going to not do anything on a Monday. And then, you know, I might work on my business for like two minutes on a Tuesday in between clinics. Like anything that's going to come get off the ground needs time and energy put into it. And you can curate that. You know, I, I try not to work when the children are off. I try and work when they're not, you know, I, I try to avoid having too many meetings when they get home from school. Obviously, I'm, you know, there are always times when that's difficult but I think just being mindful that if you create a business that you that that is going to get you know grow legs and work for you then you're going to be passionate about it and if you're passionate about something it's really difficult to stop doing it it's not like clinical work that you want to walk away from I, I love I love coaching other medics the business that I run with my business partner we are running courses into schools and we had a membership for teenage girls. I absolutely, I could do it all day because I absolutely love it. So it doesn't feel like work. And when it doesn't feel like work, you have to be very, very deliberate about turning up and stopping. So shutting that computer and walking away. Yeah. I mean, like I, I totally agree from a personal perspective. It is like a really, really fun hobby that, that sometimes makes you money. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not you're not driven by the money oh, you're yeah. driven by the impact and what you're doing and those experiences and those conversations um so like yeah I absolutely identify with what you've just said about actually finding the time and actually boundarying your time I mean for me at the moment and this changes all the time I work on medic footprints I think well technically it's about three days a week in reality, it pretty much is probably five days a week, if not more with the slack and the, you know, there's always something going on in the background or in here, as you said, like switching off can be really difficult. Yeah. Um, and so, because I remember when I left NHS practice and that was six years ago, I can't believe it was six years ago now, um, I kind of left like you know you, you really have those boundaries in place when you're a clinician and they're, they're put there for you right and especially when it's just you and you don't have any kids um I learned very quickly that I had to put boundaries in place with my time otherwise you just end up working constantly <laughs> and you just get burnt out you know I'd say like actually owning a business and especially when you've got other priorities there's a huge risk of burnout but also I'd say some of the the supportive factors with actually having a, a young family or raising a family is that it will take you out from your work like because you have to sometimes you yep. just you just have to and so and also will help you focus so one of the things like I don't know I'd love to hear from you is again as a doctor you find yourself being pulled in so many different directions you've got lots of different interests especially in business there are lots of different ways you can do one thing right um and therefore you get distracted and you may not get as far as you would do had you just focused on the one thing, if that makes any sense. And so I think with a with a very specific, especially now with like a limitation in time, I've had to focus more. I've had to delegate out more as well and outsource more and actually rethink with a lot of things that actually do we need to do this? What's the easiest way or the simplest way of doing this to get our outcome? Like always thinking in that way, because I literally just don't have the time to be like doing things myself. But I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, well, I, I I think that comes from experience, don't you think? I think that comes from being 10 years down the line. I'm exactly the same now. I'm much quicker to outsource, um, much quicker to much quicker to say no. 
Um, I'm much more discerning about what I who I jump on a call with and who I don't jump on a call with. And that's, I would say that's changed in the last, even the last five years. But mm. when I started making my granola, so that was the first proper business I I had. And I knew nothing about business at the time. And literally the, I, I got a grant for business startup and branding costs. And the girl that came around to do the branding for me, it's a local girl called Lucy, who's amazing, and she came to talk to me about branding and what I wanted my brand to look and feel like. And she she literally got to the point where she had to open the cupboard and get the ketchup and the beans out to explain to me what a, what a brand was, because I had absolutely no idea. Branding. So I had absolutely yeah. no, no idea what that was all about. So this is the, you know, the level of understanding I had of business when I first set out so so at that time I was doing everything you know I I never said no to anything and when I was looking at growing that food business someone said to me well you know no but nobody has ever got rich from making a product themselves or even you know made a sustainable business not just getting rich from making the product and themselves and selling it yeah. And I didn't really understand the concept of that. So outsourcing at that for that business, it just didn't happen. I was doing everything from, you know, the customer service to the making, to the ordering, to the, you know, communicating with the farm shops, like every possible bit of that business I did, except for when I got somebody in to help me actually make it. And I was doing it in the family kitchen and I just didn't know what I was doing. So it's all about experience. You know, if I had my head on my business head now running that business, I wouldn't I wouldn't even have a grain of granola in the house. It would be outsourced straight away to a bakery and I would be doing it in a very different way. But it was a huge learning curve. And I think you've got to have if you're going straight from medicine into business without any experience, you're going to have a learning curve. And I think that's actually coming back to the hard things. There's going to be years and years of your life where you're learning and not being paid and not earning any money. And, you you know, people challenge you, maybe you're even your family and your closest, your, you know, your partner or your family might be saying to you, do you know what, you're spending hours doing this, you know, for what gain? Like you're not getting paid. You're In fact, you're spending money rather than earning money. And, the reality is you could go to work for do an eight hour shift and get paid, uh, come away with a decent profit. And I say to, I say to people now that are looking at starting lifestyle medicine clinics or running coat, you know, one-to-one coaching calls back to back. You know, if you go into a GP surgery as a locum, you know, you're paid an hourly rate um, and you work really hard, but you don't have to go and stand on the street and drum up those patients to come in. They just come in and you do your job. You do a really great job at looking after whoever comes in in front of you, but you don't have to bring them in. And actually, Mm -hmm. when you're running your own business, you know, you've got to go out there and you've got to do the marketing. You've got to show up on social media. You've got to send your newsletters. You've got to organize your time. And all of that stuff is not incorporated in your hourly rate. Um, and you, you know, you work out, you work it out. So I don't think, I, I think the the financial piece is difficult for doctors because we are we're off, we're very very fortunate that we can continue to work in a, a flexible way. But sometimes I think that can be a hindrance when you're growing a business because you can rely on that to bring in yeah. the money to pay for the business habit. Like you yeah. say, it can be a, very, it can be a time-consuming habit, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think 
I think that can be challenging, but I think the hours spent learning and the ups and downs, that roller coaster of business, that sort of, mm-hmm. you know, you describe it as a, it's a bit like traveling from North Wales to South Wales for somebody that's ever done it. You know, there's <gasps> some troughs and valleys and trees in the middle of the road and divers, uh, yeah. tractors and, you know, every, just when you think you've nailed it, something else happens and you've got Absolutely. to be pretty agile and you've got to be able to respond. And so it's a, it's a, it's an exciting journey, but mm. it's not an easy journey. And I, and I, you know, for me, it keeps me alive and I don't know what I would do otherwise, because I need that level of kind of excitement and change. Um, mm. But it's not for everybody, for sure. No, I mean, I, I totally agree. And I actually, I was going to say, I really love the description of the roller coaster ride of running a business because it really is physically, emotionally, um, and that doesn't ever stop, really. I think as long as you're in it, it doesn't it doesn't stop from business to business. Um, there are highs, there are lows, there are highs and lows at the same time. And there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, there's a lot of risk management, I think risk management or risk taking, I should say. Um, but that actually segues into like what kind of doctors would do well in business, again, especially if you've got a family in the background. I was interesting because I recently um in the past, I joined a course that focused on B2B. So yeah. training people on how to do the B2B dance, right? Business of business dance, people that are listening. Um, business of business is, is a business setting to a business compared to a business setting to a consumer, right? It's a different approach. Um, but anyway, the person running that course commented on the fact that most people doing the course were parents with young children and so I think it's really interesting that there are more and more families getting into business um again I think it's very much because of the work-life balance but what what like what characteristics have you seen in particular let's focus on doctors again um doctors who seem to do well in entrepreneurialism so from what I've observed um you talked earlier about you're going into medicine and the, cre- the creative bit of you is kind of stripped away. Um, I see that it working entre- entrepreneurialism in particular, getting to business is in itself a creative outlet. So I see that people who are creative, I can think on their feet and you talked about agility seem to do very well in that. Like what other skill sets or, or um, how do I say, what other skills, what other characteristics have you seen in people who tend to do well as entrepreneurs? Great question. I think that there are a huge amount of successful entrepreneurs in, in medics have the ability to take imperfect action and not wait to be told what to do. So I think you have to be able to do before you're ready. And I think as medics, we generally get trained that you don't do before you're ready. Uh, So I think that's a biggie. Um, There are so many people doing, you know, just one more course, one more qualification. I'm not I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I hear that all the time. And I and I talk to people and I and I very much come from an angle of until you start you're never going to feel ready so you're never going to know whether it is whether you should be doing a course or a membership or a three-week program or a six-week program or a 12-week coaching program you're never going to know all that unless you do something so you have to just start so those people I think who are prepared 
to listen, learn and take action, even though they might not feel ready. Those are the people that that I think generally do very well. I think you've got to have quite tough skin. Um, I think there you come, they, everything comes, you come with, with knocks, you come with criticism, you put yourself out there and people are attracted to make comments about that. And you have to be able to brush some of that off and yeah. be able to dust yourself off and, uh, off and get on with it. Yeah. I think um, being able to deal with the overwhelming paranoia that most medics seem to have about showing up on social media or <gasps> you know I think that helps like you know you don't it, it's not necessary to be dancing on TikTok to run a business but at the end of the day if you sit at home creating a beautiful beautiful shiny object business um, and then you expect people to come along and a know what you've been doing and b be remotely interested in buying it it's just not going to happen. And then it's frustrating. And then you think, oh, well, nobody wanted this anyway. Whereas actually nobody knows about it. Yeah. So yeah. I think those are the big ones. So imperfect action, um, being able to show up on social media and not feel totally paranoid about it or show up. When I say social media, I mean that in a very loose sense. I think as well that goes for writing. I'm a big one about building email lists and building audience and communicating mm-hmm. with your email list. Mm-hmm. And I think even that people say, well, I've got nothing to say on a newsletter. I've got, you know, why would I want to write a newsletter? Because nobody wants to hear from me. You know, you've got you've to start believing in yourself and believing that what you've come up with is really, really important to that one person that you're doing it for. Mm, you're doing mm. it for one person, right? It is always about that one person. That's what we that's what I tell my mentees and my fellows every time. Think about well, when you're writing anything, whether it's a social media post, whether it's a newsletter posts, even if it's to an audience, even if it's a speech, whatever it is, you are focusing on that one person who will make that difference and what you know will make that transformational change based on what you're saying um and then in some ways it does make it easier to write to post yeah. right even though you know it's going to be watched or whatever by millions of people if you've got that following but it is about that one person um and and yeah showing up and so I, I i i totally i don't like identify and hear you you know I've had a lot of paranoia about social media over the years. It is really challenging if you're like new to it, especially if you're new to a platform and you're doing it in a kind of business mindset sense and you're worried about all sorts of things regarding to like regulatory ethics as a doctor, what you can say, what you can't say. Um, You know, going from an NHS mindset of I can't possibly say that, for example, I spoke to one of our doctors today who um, wanted to get in project management for health tech right but they were like well I don't have any um project management experience but she clearly did because in her current role she was doing that but it just wasn't the title of her job yeah that made any sense so she's like, I can't possibly put project management but, but it's like but you are doing it you do have that skill so put it down whereas in the NHS it was like well if you don't have a qualification in this then you can't possibly do you know is that that kind of mindset yeah, absolutely. Um, and and it is it is really challenging because you have to change that mindset and just putting things out on social media, putting them publicly. The reality is most people won't see it and most people won't remember or care. 
but it 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 is hard when it is you and you're and you're new to it. not even new to it. I, I've been doing it for a long time. I still care what people think. I'm not <laughs> gonna joke. And I'm not gonna lie. But I do let things I do let things go, and, and I am I am becoming actually increasingly imperfect because I can see like you know you want things to be perfect. It doesn't matter. People just like for example this podcast. Um, I I remember when I first started it, I was like look listening to every breath listening to everything I said every look I was like oh no gonna edit that out now I don't touch it I yeah. just let the 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 producers do what they want to do and that's it um but yeah I I love I love that whole just just being perfect and that takes practice in itself considering Absolutely. who we are um so my final question to you is the the most difficult bit which is just getting started mm-hmm. so like what advice would you give to um a time poor busy parentpreneur doctor who just what he's got an idea he's got a problem they want to solve and they just want to get on like what advice would you would you give to them I think the first thing that I would say is just be really clear on on that idea and who you want to help and how you want to help them because I think the other problem that we often have as doctors is that we know that we can help lots of different people Um, And we really struggle with that whole, you know, niching down and finding one problem to solve because there are so many that we could. So Mm -hmm. what I did when I was in that position is I literally got all of my ideas out on paper, got everything that I that I thought I wanted to do and that I could do. And I started by doing something like the Ikigai model, for example. So something like that would be a good place to start if you've got an idea. So, you know, what are you good at? what do you enjoy, what do people come to you for and what does the world need and trying to find that sweet spot of that idea that fits into all of those categories. So my first my first thing to do would be to get all of that out on paper and then write yourself a list of your top three or four ideas that you, that you want to um, pursue. And then I think my, 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 my best piece of advice is just to start with one thing uh, because yeah. it might be that 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 isn't the thing that you end up doing but it's the thing that's most likely to get you started yeah and, and I think that first starting is the most important thing so it's almost like your low-hanging fruit like find the one thing that you think is the best fit or that you know a couple of people that need it so think about your your crew and your world um so the first time I ever did this I had one idea that was about 10 11 year old girls one idea that was about older teenagers and then my third idea was to coach and mentor medics who were running their businesses so I had these three businesses ideas and the first one was the one that I really wanted to solve because for me that was the biggest problem at the time because I had a 10 11 year old girl Mm-hmm. I also knew exactly who I wanted to do that with and I wanted business to be fun and I I knew if I approached and was able to run a business with somebody that I loved doing business with that would make it more enjoyable having run a business on my own before yeah. so I kind of looked at this piece of paper and I chose that one and luckily Polly my business partner was up for it and we've been on that journey together ever since mm-hmm. and that business has ebbed and flowed and is now in a position where we can kind of we're parking 
some of the concepts that we ran in that business for a little while for mm-hmm. us both to do our own projects and other things. Mm-hmm. But at the time, that was the best fit because I had a 10, 11 year old girl. So I knew that within my world, I had lots of ideal clients. I, I call it the the perfect patient profile um, approach where you have that one person that you're talking to. And Mm -hmm. I knew that I had lots of that one person in my world Mm -hmm. so that selling the idea and getting people on board was going to be relatively easy. So I think you have to know one, two, three people that are going to benefit from your idea or your product that will make life a lot easier for you. So that would be my first, you know, my, my first recommendation would be to to go with an idea that is the best fit for you at the time. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time, for your advice, for your insights and for your courage in trying, you know, so many different like ideas out in life and making an impact in the world in the process, as well as, you know, your four wonderful children and continuing to, you know, to be a medic, to be a doctor, because that is also an important part of who you are and the impact that has on society. And so it's it's really impressive that how you've balanced all of that. And I know we didn't really hear about it, but the impact that you're making in schools as, as well. So remarkable, remarkable woman. Thank you so much for coming. If, if anyone wants to get hold of you, what is the best way to do that? Uh, the best way is probably my website, which is www.joewatkins.com. And I've got links there to the How People, which is our yeah. business and my coaching as well. So thank you so right. much for having me. And I think it is a challenge. And anyone out there that wants to do it, just have a go. Um, you know, I don't get it right all the time, by all means. You know, I feel like a pretty pretty terrible mother sometimes. And, a, you know, but, yeah. but, but actually, do you know what? I think we can all be such good role models to our kids as as medics as business women as mothers Mm -hmm. as partners um and I you know I I hope that um anybody out there that's interested just get in touch with me I'm always happy to to chat send an email I mean I 100% believe I found out 100% believe that every single doctor out there every single person out there forget doctors every single person out there needs to learn as an essential skill learn how to work for themselves or learn how to set up a business the skills of it in itself is multifaceted but it's an important contingency plan especially when you know you're in an environment where you're reliant on a job and if that job goes what do you have you have to then get another job which isn't always very easy especially in this day day and age and a great interim way is actually you know building something from scratch or learning how to do do it from scratch as an interim, or on the side, or actually like diversifying your income streams. Like there's there's so much within building a business that is is just hundred percent worth learning. Like even within that, um, and it's a huge opportunity that if you are someone who who wants to make an impact at scale, this is something that you really need to pursue, yeah. um, just as a learning exercise of anything. Absolutely. But, um, Great. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, take care. Bye. Bye.